welcome to Shopaholics Japan, where we chat about life in Japan and the amazing Japanese products we can't live without. I'm Grant. I'm Cheska. And I'm Kai. And we're your hosts for this week. This podcast is powered by World Shopping, which makes online shopping on Japanese stores easy. Today, we're chatting about retro gaming in Japan. Of course, Japan has a long history with gaming, and you can experience a lot of that history even today, thanks to places like retro arcades and shops that carry old video games. Now, before we get into all the old video games you can buy in Japan, I want to hear a little bit about your childhood video game history. So, Cheska, what games did you play when you were a kid? Well, the first console we had was my brother's. I mean, he's six years older than me, so obviously he was around first. And it、mm. was the、uh, Super Nintendo. And I remember when I was little, I was obviously too little like, to play, but I remember watching him play Mario. But I think the one that he played more often was the old Donkey Kong Country games. So I guess because of that, I would view my childhood as much more Donkey Kong as opposed to Mario.、Mm. What about you, Kai? It was the original PlayStation. I didn't get to play that. I had the PlayStation 2, which I played from time to time. I had a little Game Boy, Game Boy Advance SP, the little flip one with the backlight. The Game Boy Advance was basically just a Super Nintendo shrunk down into a little handheld f- format.、Mm. So they ended up porting a lot of those original SNES games over to the Game Boy Advance. So actually, my favorite game as a kid was. The original Donkey Kong Country, but ported、hmm. for the game. Nice!、Like、for me, my first console was the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. The Super Nintendo was already out, but I was very young, so I wasn't conscious of, like, oh, what console is the newest one? I just <laughs> knew that the NES existed. And so I got that. So I played a lot of NES titles like Mario.、Uh, I was a huge fan of all. Duck or, Hunter? Yeah, huge fan of Duck Hunt, huge fan of Mario 3, Mario 1. I also really liked Excite Bike. And then after that, I kind of followed you know, each console generation. I got the Genesis, then the Super Nintendo, and then I followed all the Nintendos. I threw in a few PlayStations in there as well. But a lot of my childhood gaming was mostly Nintendo consoles and Game Boy as well, mostly like、mm-hmm. the big Nintendo franchises like Mario. I do like Donkey Kong as well, but I am more on the Mario side of the fence. So I have a lot of nostalgia for the 90s and 80s era of gaming. Mm-hmm. And, and in Japan, you can buy a lot of the games you played as a kid in shops right now, even from walking distance from my home. I could probably go and find Super Mario Brothers for the NES or the Famicom, as it's called in Japan, in box.、Oh, yeah, yeah. And just bring it home with me. Something that I think a lot of people can't do in other countries. Yeah, I so, agree. Especially、mm-hmm. the older ones are getting hard to find, at least in America. Definitely. So, do you guys do a lot of retro game shopping? Have you ever bought. An old video game in Japan? Final Fantasy VIII. VIII was the first Final Fantasy game I played. And so it is my absolute favorite one. One of the aspects of that game is that there's this like mini game that they make references to of like a chocobo game, but you need to have this thing called a pocket station, which is a little, it almost looks like a tiny, really flat Gigapet or Tamagotchi thing,、hmm. thing but It, part of it flips up and it plugs into like the memory card slot of a、uh, PlayStation.、Mm. And so it's this teeny tiny little like pixel game. There's four buttons up, down, left, right, and a single button. Or I guess five buttons then. Another button for, I guess, enter or whatever. But basically, you can get items by playing this little tiny Tamagotchi Gigapet thing. And then 
plug it into the memory card for the PlayStation and transfer those to your Final Fantasy VIII save file. However, it was never released in America. So mm. as soon as I like had like plans f- finalized for coming to Japan, that was pretty much one of the top five things on my list to find when I got here. <laughs> because even though it was never released in America, it wasn't like a hardware issue. It's It could still plug into an American PlayStation. Mm. So I knew that I would be able to use it. So I made it my mission. And of course, the holy grail for all sorts of like electronics type stuff in Japan is Akihabara. I don't actually know if it's it was new or a used one that I got, but I did find one and I still have it with me. Do you remember how much you paid for it? Oh, it had to have been less than $20. Mm. I felt so happy to have found it. <laughs> and apparently it has like a little infrared thing on it. You could battle someone who is nearby in this little mini game. Oh, but okay. since it wasn't released in America, when I went back home to America, I was the only one who had one. So I <laughs> didn't ever get to try out that aspect of it. <laughs> what about you, Kai? Have you ever gone retro game shopping in Japan? Yeah, actually, we don't have quite the selection you guys have in Tokyo here in Fukuoka, but even regular mm-hmm. secondhand shops, they'll usually have a section dedicated for older game titles. And I always like to right. dig through those bins because unlike maybe some of these bigger places, mm-hmm. they'll have some really rare gems priced the same as any other game from that generation for like 300 yen. Mm. Mm. One thing we should definitely highlight about retro game shopping in Japan is that a lot of the games are still in box. So this Mm -hmm. is something that I think is really unheard of in a lot of other countries. And I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, especially Game Boy games, I would just take the game and just throw the box away. Like, when am I ever (laughs) going to need the box? But now if I had that box, oh, I would, I'd be a millionaire or something. Well, I'm a bit of a hoarder, so I Hmm. never kind of had that experience. Like anything I got, if it was new, I still have the box. In fact, it's probably a problem. You're sitting on a fortune, maybe. (laughs) Hey, I have Conker's Bad Fur Day with the box and the instruction manual. Oh, and yeah, a lot of the games that you buy in Japan, the retro games, they still have the box, the instruction manual, any sort of slip or pamphlet that came in the Hmm. box. It's still there. Recently, I bought WarioWare for Game Boy Advance in Japan. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. guys are familiar with this game, but... Inside the instruction booklet, it came with stickers, like all the characters. Oh, really? Okay. I bought it in America as a kid. And of course, I took the stickers out and I put it all over places. But when I bought it in Japan, I thought, well, there's no way the stickers were still in here. Somebody used them. But when I opened up the box and looked at the instruction booklet, all the stickers are still there. So it's just like new almost. So I really am impressed by a lot of Japanese people's willingness to you know, not mess with things. Just keep it as is. Because, oh, maybe one day I need to resell it. So I'm going <laughs> to keep everything perfect. I wish I had that mindset as a kid. My first Game Boy was a Game Boy Advance SP. But what I didn't realize till I was an adult was it wasn't just a regular Game Boy Advance SP. It was a 2003 Japan exclusive Starlight Gold was sold only in Toys R Us. Just coincidentally, oh, wow. we... We were just leaving Japan at the time, moving to the States. So my dad had bought one, bought it there as a present for me. And if I had held on to the box, if I had taken better care of it, thing would have been worth oh. a fortune. I saw, the, oh. I saw the street prices on eBay, but no, on top of it, there is a greasy, and I say greasy because I, Obi-Wan Kenobi sticker from like 
when Revenge of the Sith came out because in a bag of Lay's potato chips, there was a there was a Star oh, Wars promotion sticker. I just stuck that <laughs> sticker right on top, and I can't scrape it off now. It's all covered in scuffs, but eh, oh it no, it <laughs> I'm not it's to well it loved. Hard. It was well yes. loved and used. Yeah, yeah, well used for sure. And yeah, Japan is filled with a ton of like one of a kind retro game items that you can't really find elsewhere, but you can still wander into a shop and find it. That Starlight GBA, that's probably quite expensive, but you can still find it in a lot of the retro gaming shops in Tokyo. So I wanted to highlight- And the, uh, that pocket station, I didn't hmm. have to like go to a ton of stores in Akihabara. I think it was maybe like the second one I walked into. Yeah. You'd be surprised at their stock. And so I wanted to highlight some of the places you can go to, at least in Tokyo, where you mm-hmm. can buy retro games. Because there's not just retro gaming in Japan. It's not really just you know buying games, but it's almost like its own sort of subculture. So I wanted to highlight not just shops, but we're going to talk about arcades and also mm-hmm. some fun cafes that are retro game themed. So if mm-hmm. you want to go retro game shopping in Japan, like Cheska said before, there's Akihabara, which has a ton of retro game shops. And mm-hmm. there are a few that I would like to recommend. One is Beep, which is a bit hidden because on the main shopping street, that's where a lot of the tourists are. But if you go mm-hmm. a little outside of the street, you can find Beep, which specializes in old Japanese computers. So before- Is that a single location or is that- Yes, it's only one. I think maybe they expanded, but the original is in Akihabara. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you want to go to the original. They specialize in old Japanese computers because now we're all using like what? MacBooks or you know maybe a Microsoft or a custom-built PC. But back mm-hmm. in the day, especially the 80s, Japan had a ton of very specialized computers. This is a common theme on this podcast. It's like there are many things that are made for the Japanese market that you can only <laughs> find in Japan. They weren't for the worldwide audience, only for Japanese people. And mm-hmm. these computers, like the PC-98, FM Towns, the Sharp, like X6000, or I forget how many zeros. But these are all really different OSs. They have different hardware. They play different software. And they were mostly, of course, used for personal computing, but they were really prominently used for gaming. Interesting. Yes. And so this store, there's a lot of retro game shops, you know, in even just in Akihabara or in Tokyo or just in Japan. But this is the only shop I've seen that sells these very, very specific gaming computers from the 80s and 90s. It might be a bit obscure for some people, but they look really cool just to see them because they are often quite tiny much smaller than even a MacBook, like a 13-inch MacBook. Uh, And they have this kind of cool aesthetic. And for whatever reason, a lot of them had this like very beautiful, like cherry red cover or cherry red casing. It had to be a trend because so many like different companies were using this like very deep red style at this time. Oh, huh. That's interesting. Uh, So it has its own kind of visual (laughs) flair to it. But if you're not really into this obscure old Japanese computer, they have a lot of other retro games as well. They sell a lot of old NES, SNES, or Famicom and Super Famicom in Japan. And they also sell old arcade boards. So if you want to build like an arcade cabinet, they sell the parts and all the different oh, pieces. okay. They have this huge shelf and then it will say Street Fighter 2 or it will say Raiden 3. And it's just the, the motherboard, the hardware. It's like okay. what the game is actually like inside, which is kind of interesting. I guess it's somewhat yeah. similar to building like a, a modern PC where you're just like plugging in stuff. It's not that they have the biggest stock because other places in Akihabara have probably a bigger stock, but they have a lot of the more obscure and weird items. Uh, mm-hmm. Some things that I saw on my last visit 
are the 3D glasses for the Sega Genesis. So I'm not sure if this was sold outside of Japan, but you can try to imagine, like, was Sega Genesis capable of 3D? The answer is probably not, but they made glasses for it. So you can buy it there. Huh. I can't even, like, begin to imagine this in my head. What kind of 3D was was the Sega Genesis pushing? I can't imagine it either, but if you want to buy the glasses, they have them in in the box. I'm sure all the pamphlets, all the handouts are still in that box as well. And I also saw like an old poster for like the Punisher arcade game, this huge poster in a frame that was probably hanging in some arcade like 30 years ago. <laughs> what are some other weird items? They also have items from like old game shops in Japan, like in the 90s, the Nintendo sections of an electronic shop had these same decorations. They had this big mm-hmm. sign that said Nintendo and they had like a golden Mario statue. And you can buy that golden Mario statue at Beep. It carries a lot of weird oddities and obscurities that you really can't find anywhere else. Like if you just want to buy, you know, Pokemon for Game Boy, you can go to Book Off, you can go to many other retro shops. But here they have so many one-of-a-kind items. I feel like I say this all the time. That sounds fun, even if you're not like planning on buying anything, just to go and look. Yeah, I'm a big retro game fan, but I definitely look more than I buy. Oftentimes just finding Mm -hmm. it is sort of like, almost like a game in itself. Like you're trying to find, okay, can I find this old game or this obscure game in box somewhere? I'm not going to buy it, but I just want to see it with my eyes or I, <laughs> I want to take a picture of it. Some other really cool shops in Akihabara that you can do some retro game shopping is Super Potato. Are you guys familiar with Super Potato? Super Potato? No, no I am not. It, it has well, a and very... if you hadn't brought this up in the context of retro gaming, I would have no idea it had anything to do with gaming. <laughs> yes. Not a very SEO friendly name, but it is a popular shop for retro games in Akihabara. If you're not going to buy retro gaming, you just want to look, I think this is definitely the place to go because they have pretty much everything from every system, like from NES to now. They have so many games in box. The prices are a bit higher than a lot of other places, but if you're a tourist coming to Japan, it's way cheaper than any retro game price that you would find in the States, for example. And it's a great one-stop shop where it's like, okay, I'm in Japan and I don't want to spend, you know, hours and hours retro game shopping. I just want to go to one place and get something. Super mm-hmm. Potato is the place to go. And it's almost like a retro game museum. They try to make an authentic atmosphere where they have a lot of old CRTs and they're playing like commercials from the 90s and 80s of video games on these TVs. And they have a lot of decorations from old game shops from the 90s and 80s. So it definitely oh, feels like nice, you've gone nice. back in time. You know, I'll have to take my wife there the next time I'm in Tokyo. That sounds really, really cool. I'm uh, going to have to put that on my list of things next time I am in the Akihabara area. And of course, like we mentioned in a previous episode, if you go to any sort of book off or hard off, there's a media section where you can buy a lot of old retro games there as well in great condition. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to buy, if you want to play some, there's a lot of retro arcades all over Japan. Kai, are there any retro arcades in Fukuoka? Now, I'm not sure if this is a retro arcade per se, but there's an arcade that I used to go to with my friend back in university where there, there was no arcade game newer than like 1998 going on. It was kind of underground, sad looking place. And mm-hmm. I'm, to this day, I'm not sure if it was a retro arcade or it was just an old arcade that, hasn't, that didn't have the money to update since the... <laughs> 
since the bubble pop. But it was, it was really cool. It was the only place I could we could he could find the racing sims that he was looking for. Are those like hmm. the ones that you sit down and you race? Yes, yes. I'm more geared towards like the arcade cabinets that have some sort of weird visual design or some sort of weird gimmick. That yeah, you can like sit down in them or they have some sort of weird controller. And there are many retro game arcades in Tokyo. One that I wanted to mention is called the Mikado Game Center, which has a ton of old arcade games. Everything from like Space Invaders to, hmm. well, they don't have a whole lot of new ones, but they do have like Tekken 7 and whatnot. So they try to have a good mix, but you're really going there to play the really old stuff. And all the cabinets are really high quality and they look really pristine. Like I mentioned, mm-hmm. Space Invaders. This is a real Space Invader cabinet from the 70s, not like something that they just shoved Space Invaders into. Oh, wow. Uh, That's yeah. impressive. And they also have like Donkey Kong, the 80s version of Donkey Kong in the oh, cabinet. The, oh, that thing that made so many people rage quit in Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> yes. So the, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the 100% original Donkey Kong game. But they have so many other like obscure games in there as well. You can discover a lot of weird stuff that never came over. Another one that I discovered recently is called Armadillo Racing, where <laughs> the, the control is just like a, almost like a mouse track ball, where it's just like a big ball and you roll the ball and that okay. makes your armadillo run or I guess roll. Okay. Can you control direction or? You kind of can. It, like if you spin like to the left, it kind of goes to the left. Honestly, the, the controls are not super precise. I want to roll them to the left. So I'm going to like roll the ball to the left. I want to like slow down. So I got to roll the ball backwards. It's a bit weird, but you're going to these old arcades so you can experience these very strange and one-of-a-kind retro games. You mentioned how how well-maintained they are because Hmm. with how like unique and one-of-a-kind these things are, it would be sad for them to just kind of be lost to time Hmm. from disrepair or whatever. Yeah, they definitely put a lot of effort into maintaining them. Of course, for a lot of arcades, if you just have the motherboard, you could put Mm -hmm. it in a customized cabinet. But you kind of want the more authentic experience, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to play Donkey Kong or like a, like Pac-Man, I want to play in that original 80s cabinet. I don't want to play it in just like, it looks like a MacBook or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In Tokyo, there's actually several retro gaming themed restaurants and bars that I wanted to give a shout out. One is called 8-Bit Cafe in Shinjuku, where you can go there and there is a cover charge, maybe I think about 500 yen. But mm-hmm. they have some games that you can play for free. So you can play a lot of like Super Famicom games or Super Nintendo games. They have like some old arcade games there as well. And they have a ton of like old weird peripherals that we talked about before. Like maybe the Pocket Station is there. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, I'll have to go look. And a lot of just other weird stuff. And they have quite good curry, which I don't know what, what connection there is between retro gaming and curry, <laughs> but it's quite good. So I recommend that place. And there's also Star Club, which is kind of an unofficial Mario-themed bar. It has no sort of like... Ah, generic Star Club. Yes. <laughs> yes. With I think red should... overalls, man. I, over... I always want to call it Star Bar. I think that's a much catchier name. But all the cocktails are like Mario-themed. There's like a Princess Peach pineapple cocktail. And there's like a <laughs> Mario rum and all this other stuff. And if you don't drink alcohol, they have like a virgin cocktails as well. So you can hmm. still have like the, the pineapple peach flavor, but without the alcohol. And they have a ton of like Mario plushies and Mario decorations. And there's a Wii set up there with a bunch of games loaded on it. 
So you can just uh-huh. like drink and play Wii with your friends there. So it's just like That's a really cool. fun time. This probably doesn't count as retro because I don't really think they have much old stuff there. Mm. But uh, Square Enix has a, a cafe in mm. Shinjuku. They also have like themed drinks, like the Ifrit cocktail or whatever and all that. All mm. of the merchandise and stuff is like new, but obviously it references their older stuff. So I don't know. Is that yeah. kind of retro So yeah. yeah, what's the cutoff for a retro game? At what point is it just kind of last generation, retro, mm. just a little bit old? Mm-hmm. Where, where do that's, you draw the line? That's a controversial, I guess, opinion or a controversial like <laughs> argument. A lot of people are, you know, a lot of people have that idea. It's like, what is a retro game? Some people say, oh, 10 years is retro. And some people say, oh, no, it's got to be like 15 or 20. But it's kind of hard to think about it, especially since when I was Mm -hmm. a kid, gaming changed so much in terms of visuals. I played like NES to PlayStation 2 in like a 10-year gap. But if you're looking at games like from 10 years ago, a lot of them still look pretty new or they look like they could be on modern hardware. I think maybe nowadays, judging by the 10-year thing would be a little bit too recent. For me, I always try to think of it as two console generations. So two console generations Mm -hmm. before would be retro. So for example, now we're on PS5. So PS4 is not retro, but PS3 would be retro. But some people might even argue with that. I think maybe some of the arguments would be like, no, but I enjoyed that recently. It can't be retro because (laughs) then that means I'm retro and I'm old. Yes. (laughs) For me, anything that's like on a disc, that still feels like, uh, modern futuristic technology is <laughs> a CD is like, <laughs> wow, I can't believe all this data is on a CD. Yeah. Where are my big clunky cartridges? Yeah. It's I wonder if you could like cut it off by when was the last time when you could buy it new in a store? Mm. Like how long has it been since it was for sale as a new item? Mm, that's maybe a good way to determine it. But if you love retro gaming, Especially Tokyo is almost like a a paradise for retro game hunting because you can find all the games you loved as a kid. You can find a lot of weird oddities that never came out overseas Mm -hmm. and you can find it all at really affordable prices. Depending on the game, it might be a bit more expensive, but pretty much everything is way, way, way cheaper than it is in the West. So even if you really can't even speak Japanese, if there's a game you're really familiar with and you know how to play, it's probably better to just buy the Japanese copy and play it in Japanese than pay hundreds of dollars for the English version. Yes, yeah, one big caveat. They have every retro game you could ever imagine at great prices, but not in English. Oh, and you might need some like DIY-ishness to if you don't have also the Japanese console, just to like yeah, size of cartridges. Yeah. Yes. Well, not necessarily region lock, because I think Nintendo 64 games, the Japanese one and the American one, the actual like board connections are good, but like the opening and the shape of the plastic cartridge housing it are different. So you have to kind of like modify it Mm. so that it can still make the connections without the plastic getting in the way. Honestly, it might be easier and not even prohibitively expensive just to buy the Japanese console along with it. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just talking about how it's cheaper to get retro stuff here. Yeah. So, like, yeah. If you wanted to buy like an N64, for example, it's way cheaper to get it in Japan than in the West. And especially for Nintendo consoles, there's a lot of hardware designs that never came out in the West. One of my favorites is the Dai Hawks N64. Dai Hawks is a baseball team. 
And the company that- The best baseball team oh. in Japan. Yes, yes. Sorry, sorry just want to interject. <laughs> yes, of course, you're from Fukuoka. That's where they're based. Yeah. But the company that owns them, <laughs> for whatever reason at their stores, they sold an N64 for a limited time. And this N64, the top part was orange and the bottom part was black. And the controller is also orange and black. So it- Oh, like, I guess that's the team's colors. I guess at the uh, time, orange, yeah. yeah, at the time, huh. I think, yeah, I think still is this yellowish orange color. Yeah, and they're by SoftBank now. Yes, and it looks really awesome. It looks like a Halloween in '64, and this is something they only made about I want to say five thousand or so in Japan, but I've seen uh -huh. it at actually I've seen it at Beep that we talked about before. And, oh really? Yes. So yeah, Beep has. If you want to go buy like a lot of weird stuff, Beep has it. So definitely check out Beep. But there's a lot of other colors and a lot of weird, like Kai mentioned his like special GBA that never came out in the West. So if you want just like a unusual piece of hardware, definitely buy the Japanese hardware, buy the Japanese software, and you can have a fun time reliving your childhood nostalgia. And that's it for this week's episode. If you're curious about these shops or there's a store in Japan you like, you can buy anything from Japan with World Shopping. You'll see the World Shopping banner appear on hundreds of Japanese sites, allowing you to instantly buy anything from participating shops, including some we talked about today, like Beep. And we can buy items from any shop in Japan. Search World Shopping Global for more information and start shopping today. You can also find us on social media. Just search for World Shopping on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. See you later, or in Japanese, matane. Matane. Jane. <laughs>